Good morning, church. It's good to see you here this morning, and welcome to those of you who are joining us online. It is uh, this time of the season that we get to give comfort and joy to one another. And today is the day of Advent that we celebrate the joy that we receive as we know Christ's birth is coming. Are you excited for Christmas? It's a weird year, I know, it's a weird year, but this year we need Christmas. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to take that back. Don't stand with me this morning. I completely got lost in what I was doing. Let's have a word of prayer as we invite the Lord into the service, and then the choir is going to... Nope, I think that... Advent. We're going to do our Advent readings. That's what we're doing. I'm going to look at the order of service again. Pray with me if you would. Oh, Father, as we come before you this morning, our hearts are full with uh, the preparations for celebration of your son's birth. And uh, as we sing and as we make music this morning, would you glory in uh, what we do here today? It is uh, so wonderful to gather together as a body of believers and have this conversation with you. And and so as we speak, Lord, would you, uh, would you fill our hearts with your presence and let us know that, that you are delighted in what we are doing here today. And as we go from this place, Father, we commit ourselves to doing the things of your kingdom and to, uh, to following your Holy Spirit's guidance each day. And so fill us as we leave this place to be your messengers in this world of the hope and peace and love and joy that we can experience through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we give you these things this morning and pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We want everything to look nice. The decorations of the season, our homes with our lights and tinsel, wreaths and ribbons. We want to lighten the darkness around us bring beauty to the ugliness that wears us down. We decorate because it is tradition, because it lifts our hearts, because it makes us feel like children again. We deck our halls because company is coming. The prophet Isaiah smiled when he said, God will give a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. No matter how far we feel from the spirit of the season, God promises to decorate us with love and with joy. We light these candles as a sign of our joy in the beautiful things of this season. Not just the things that glitter and flash, but the deeper things, the beauty of the heart and the soul, the beauty of love shared in service and hospitality. We light this candle of joy because company is coming. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
stand and read with me. We lift up our voices together. We shout. We will shout for joy. We burst into songs of joy together, for the Lord will comfort his people. O Lord, you are our joy. The people walking in darkness will see a great light. O Lord, you are our joy. Our hearts long for the joy that your arrival will bring. O Lord, you are our joy. God's promises are true. We await the birth of Christ, the promised child, the Savior of the world. Joy is coming soon. O oh Lord, you are our joy. Sometimes be 
They come alongside foster families, not just the children who are in foster care, but the families who take care of them. So I went to their website, voiceangels.org, learned all about it, contacted the person here in Boise, and not too much later, Scott and I became love box leaders. And that means that you are able to go through their process and assigned to a foster care family in the area. And once a month, you commit for a year to do a love box draw, as we call it. And you fill that love box with things that as you get to know that family, you fill it with things you know they love, that they need, that they would be delighted by, anything that uh, comes to mind as you get to know that family. And it's not, you know, it's not just things. This support is not just things, although those are fun. And you become um, a person or a, or a family in their life that they look forward to seeing once a month. And, you know, after I got into be, uh, being a love box leader for just a short time, I realized that two of my sisters and one of my cousins have over the years been foster parents. And so we've been able to see firsthand what it's like for some of those kids who come out of trauma, come out of emergency situations, into a stability, into a embracing, and into a place where they know unconditional love for the first time in their lives. And so that just really brought it home once again when I realized how it's touched our own family and how we can get back in the way that we can. Something that is necessary in our community to reach outside of our church walls, to put the arms around as though we were the arms of Jesus in our community. And I think I consider it an honor and a pleasure and a delight to be part of Boise Angels. We invite you to do the same. Maybe. There it is. Well, good morning. Um, this is a great ministry to be a part of, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about it. But I do want to encourage you that that's a, as knowing a lot about uh, foster families and things like that, uh, foster families need support and love as well as they're trying to help and uh, nurture these kids and the families as they're growing together. Uh, if you're new here, we hope you grabbed a bulletin as you came in, uh, or I guess they're on the pew as well. Uh, if you want to grab that and just take a look at that and make sure you hold on to that this week, it's full of a lot of information. And there's a lot going on. And the way you know that is I have a full sheet of announcements rather than a half sheet of announcements today. Um, so it's a, it's a lot going on here. Um, so you did just hear about uh, one ministry that we're, we're trying to help this year. We wanted to make you aware that outside uh, in the foyer as you've left today, you might have noticed one of our Christmas trees has tags on it. Um, and this is our, our giving tree um, kind of just ministry that we're doing. Uh, so this year we're, we're partnering with three nonprofits, local nonprofits, which is the uh, Family Advocates, the New Beginnings, and the Boise Angels, which you just heard about. Um, if you're interested in possibly taking part of that, you can uh, uh, grab a tag from the Christmas tree or look on, if you get our church emails, this last uh, email this week for the What's Going On at VSN uh, has a list of different gifts and things like that that we are going to try, we're trying to collect to bless these families this year. So if you would want to buy a gift uh, to help bless these families, you can grab a tag or you can even look at the email and kind of pick something uh, and bring it in. We, we do need it by tomorrow. 
uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, and the gifts, it's not like there's uh, just one set price. There's ranges of different price levels depending on what you want to do. So if you're interested in that, be sure to grab a tag or check your email. You can also, um, if you have any questions, you can call the church office tomorrow as well. Um, also, for those of you here in, uh, in the building, uh, there's the QR code in front of you in your pew if you want to look at the digital bulletin or you want to get to our digital red book or anything like that, you can scan that. Uh, easily. If you are a visitor with us today, we'd love to hear more about you and what brought you here with us today. Uh, just fill out a connecting card in the pew in front of you. Uh, and as you go today, uh, there's the giving boxes. You could just slide that in there. Or if you're watching online for the first time and, we, and we're so glad you're here, go to valleyshepherd.org slash Sunday and you can fill out the digital red book and let us know uh, what brought you, uh, kind of got you to join us today this morning. Um, also, I mentioned the offering boxes. During these times, we're not doing our regular offering time where we're passing a plate, just trying to be wise and safe there. But as you go today, if you want to uh, give back to God in some way um, through offerings and tithes, uh, you can do that through those two little boxes uh, as the door on the doors as the way out, and you can just drop those in there. Um, this, uh, it is a Christmas season. With that, with that comes up our Christmas Eve service. We are having our Christmas Eve service, surprisingly, on Christmas Eve this year. Um, if you want to come at 6 p.m., uh, we'll be having that here. It's going to be uh, in person uh, or online as well, and you're going to want to take part in that. This is just uh, part of uh, a tradition we do every year, and it's always a good time. So be sure to mark your calendar for that. Um, also, speaking of our kind of things we're going on, our Simply Christmas program that we had just uh, last week or two weeks ago, it's all I was on vacation for a couple weeks. It's all a blur in my brain. Um, but that, if you still want to see that or you want to share that, that is still available online on our website uh, to be watched. Just go to valleyshepherd.org slash Christmas, and you can watch that again or share that with someone that you would think would appreciate it as well. Also, during this Christmas season, our church always partners uh, with a smaller church to bless them uh, during this time. This year, we are adopting the family of Kurt and Tanya Omen from Buell. Um, if you've been here for several, several years ago, um, you'll remember them. Uh, we've, we've blessed them before, and we're going to do that again. If you want to give towards that project and give towards blessing them and their church uh, in, for an offering, just mark down the uh, Christmas partnership and drop that in the giving box as you go. Uh, and if you do want to give to that, today is the last day to give that. Finally, we're also taking bar part in the 2020 Christmas project. Uh, you can see that in your bulletin. It's a good chunk right there with a cool picture. Um, but uh, this is a, a ministry, a compassionate ministry organization through that we partner with. Uh, and the money that will be used, it will be given, uh, uh, it will give women and girls a chance to kind of learn uh, vocational skills through empowering women with dignity uh, in li Liberia. Uh, if you want more information, you can look in your bulletin. Uh, and all that. And if you want to give towards that, we're going to watch a video here that explains a little bit more. But if you want to give to that today as well, uh, just make a note uh, and just put Compassionate Ministries in that as well. But just I want you to understand a little bit more. Before we continue in worship, we're going to watch a video that explains a little bit more about that project.
one of his men. But I had to do something for myself and my children. So now, since I started this, I will see my life. I am so happy to be a good girl. And I am very much excited to see that what my parents are doing is made of principle.
That was beautiful. Thank you, handbells, and uh, featuring Sarah Ross on the flute. Um, I thought as we were worshiping, and they've kind of got things reconfigured a little different, how, how nice it is to sit by the strings and the flautists uh, the, this morning and uh, get to watch them and, and hear them as uh, they contribute their part to our beautiful music. Kids, I think there's uh, someone going to lead you out. If you want to head to Children's Church, Pastor Bob's on vacation this week, but I know he's got something planned for you. Well, has it ever occurred to you that most of the classic Christmas stories and movies have absolutely nothing to do with the birth of Jesus? Have you noticed that? Um, It's not to say they aren't well-written. It's not to say they aren't wholesome entertainment. But in so many ways, they just kind of miss the point of Christmas. Uh, There's the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I had it on yesterday uh, while I was doing some business stuff at my desk. And um, uh, it's a great story. I, I, you know, I love how it ends. It's it's, uh, kind of a tearjerker there at the the end. Um, There's a miracle on 34th Street uh, in one of uh, multiple versions. It's a fun story about a little girl's faith in Santa being shaken by a very cynical mother who's cynical of everything Christmas. Um, I love the, the old movie White Christmas um, because I love the, 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 the theme song, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Um, and Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye just are so entertaining in it all. I saw somebody come put that they had never seen it before this week on Facebook. It may have been one of you all. Um, they'd never seen it before, and they were just enthralled with, you know, the whole production part of it, and it was fun. Then we can't think of Christmas stories without thinking of uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Uh, tells of Ebenezer Scrooge, which his name has just become synonymous with greed, and, and uh, um, how he comes to recognize how important it is to give to others. Um, then there's fun and entertaining m- movies like Oh, there's the animated stuff like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. And, and then movies like Elf and Home Alone. And, uh, we, uh, we, uh, one of our family memory, memories is watching Home Alone in a hotel with another family. We were on a vacation with and making so much noise they came knocking on the door from security telling us we needed to quiet down. We were just laughing <laughs> so hard. They're very, very entertaining. And then there's the whole Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movies that begin before Thanksgiving and go till after New Year's. And uh, I read somebody commented the other day, there's 300 such movies. They all have the same plot, but there's 300 such movies, and I can't disagree with them. Um, And and I'll acknowledge that I kind of enjoy season of the year when we can uh, actually find and enjoy some wholesome entertainment. Um, I, I thought as I was writing it, you know, most of those movies, nobody's shooting anybody, and, and um, you know, there's, it's, it's not as crazy as, as many of the things are. But while they fail to, blat- to uh, they blatantly fail to tell the story of the birth of Jesus and the difference Christ makes in our lives, uh, they do unveil this seemingly universal human longing, the longing and the deep yearning for joy. This morning we return to Isaiah's writings as we look at chapter 61 in Isaiah. The writing of Isaiah went out to people consumed in the most discouraging circumstances. But God had a word of hope for them that promised to bring joy 
into their lives. Let's turn to Isaiah 61 and and we'll begin reading at verse 1. If you're with us this morning, stand in honor of God's holy word. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of fear. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Skip to verse 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. God's word to his people today. You may be seated. The people of Israel had longed for joy and peace for centuries. Something was missing in their world and in their lives, and there truly was, because they had forsaken their covenant with God Almighty, choosing instead to worship pagan gods that were powerless. And and they longed for something to change, because quite frankly, what they were doing wasn't working. Their pagan worship was not meeting their needs. And as we've talked about in recent weeks, there was this longing for hope and for peace. And there was also the longing for the joy that I believe flows out of such hope and such peace. They longed for joy. Have you ever realized that even before Jesus was born, the promise and the anticipation of his coming brought a a sense of joy? Remember the account of uh, old Elizabeth? who miraculously was about to give birth to the one we know as John the Baptist in her old age. And when Mary, the soon-to-be mother of Jesus, escaped for refuge to Elizabeth's home and and entered the house, the yet-to-be-born baby John leaped for joy in his mother's womb, Scripture tells us. And then when Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds on the hillside to announce the birth of Jesus the Messiah. And their message was this, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Isaiah, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament, looked forward under the anointing of God Almighty to the time when joy would come to the people of Israel. And he knew that such joy would never come until the long-awaited Messiah came to the earth to save his people. 
And if there's any doubt that the words of Isaiah were fulfilled in Jesus, I want you to listen to a passage from the Gospels that tells about an early scene in Jesus' ministry found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. Here's what we read. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And if that passage has some familiar parts to it there, it's because we just read from that part of Isaiah a few minutes ago. And if you keep reading in Isaiah 61, as we did, uh, this passage Jesus quoted referring to himself, we read, what Christ has been sent to do, to comfort all who mourn, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I might add that when Jesus identified himself with that God-given mission, the people in the synagogue were outraged at his audacious and seemingly blasphemous claims. And they drove him out of town. I I guess they didn't want the joy he was speaking of. And I, I guess it's no different than people today who push him away. But Christ came to bring joy into our lives. It was his mission. And it was his purpose. It was true in the year in which he was born in Bethlehem. And it's true today in 2020. And uh, wouldn't you say you and I need a fresh dose of the joy of the Lord in our lives? Maybe especially in 2020? I suppose one of the tests of Jesus' integrity is to ask, did he do what he said he would do? Did he achieve what he set out to to achieve? And, And all of the evidence of the gospel supports the evidence that he did. In fact, in John chapter 17, verse 4, Jesus said in a prayer, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. In other words, he'd accomplished the mission God had given to him. The part of Isaiah 61 that Luke's gospel tells us Jesus quoted from ends with the phrase, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, The year of the Lord's favor refers to the year of Jubilee, or as some referred to it, the year of liberty, when slaves were set free. And with that reference, Jesus set the tone for his ministry. I I can't imagine a more joyful occasion for a prisoner than when they're set free. And joy became a keynote of the ministry of Jesus. Liberty, synonymous with freedom and symbolic of salvation, is Christ's goal. And with liberty comes joy. We know that Jesus found joy in his life. 
despite conflict and disappointment and suffering. In John 17, 13, Jesus asked the Father that we, his people, might have his joy fulfilled in us. He, he prayed that he would communicate the joy he found in his work to his disciples so that we would communicate it to others as well. So let's talk about joy. By definition, it's this inner quality of life that depends on a right relationship with God. But at the same time, it's independent of external circumstances. We, we, we certainly experience an exhilarating emotion of pleasure when good things happen to us. We all get that. But I just need you to understand true joy goes deeper than that. The Bible affirms our inherent privilege to enjoy nature and, and music and the richness of relationships with one another. And, and I do enjoy all those things. All of them bring a sense of joy. We, we can experience joy when we discover the significance of a higher value in life. Like when we find that kindness brings us more satisfaction than selfishness does. There's, there is joy in that. But all these natural joys are purified and intensified by a right relationship with God. Joy is a gift from God. Christ's birth was the source of great joy. Uh, joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit that Paul writes about, cultivated by the Holy Spirit in our lives as we walk in fellowship with him. Jesus expressed his burning desire that his joy might remain in his disciples. It's certainly tied to the liberation from sin. There is joy when we know that our lives are no longer bound by the sins of our past that God has forgiven us. That brings great joy into our lives, just as God intended it to be. There's rejoicing, the sharing of joy when, when we make progress in Christ-likeness. And the evidence of that becomes clear to us and to others. There's, there's joy in knowing Christ. There's joy in living for Christ day after day. But let me add this. Joy doesn't require that we ignore or suppress our hurts or our sorrows or our pains in life. That's just not healthy. The joy Christ brings to us is more than just turning that frown upside down. As if ignoring our heartaches and our burdens in life is going to make them all go away. But, but here's where it comes to. Our, our deep, settled trust in the Lord and our confidence in his love and his care bring hope, bring peace, and ultimately bring joy into our lives despite our circumstances. True joy is this profound decision, a decision of faith and hope in the life and the provisions of Jesus Christ. True joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the life and the provisions of Jesus, despite what our circumstances are. Isaiah paints for us some striking contrast in word pictures. The contrast between the joy only God can bring and the hopeless shadows present when joy is absent. I, Isaiah, uh, or Israel, still cowered in, in fear under this shadow of, of death. And all the symptoms of a funeral hung over them, the, the symbol of, of ashes, the, the sound of people mourning, the spirit of heaviness. Israel needed freedom from its fears, and they needed restoration to the joy of living. Oh, 
how we need to experience the joy of the Lord in our lives. You and I need to experience the joy of the Lord in our lives as we walk through these days and months. Oh, how we need the Lord to replace our despair and mourning and the darkness of uncertainty with the joy that can only be found in Him. Most of you know that my 91-year-old dad went to be with the Lord just a little over three months ago. And he and my mom had moved to live near us uh, almost eight years ago now, and we lost mom in the first year that they lived here very suddenly. But it was so good to have dad nearby, and uh, part of our church family always sat right there. <laughs> um, I uh, commented to uh, Tucker Langford this morning in, in the office, I, I never bring my phone into church with me. Because I always am fearful I'll leave it on. And if my children or my staff know I have it on, someone's going to call me just to, to be ornery. But, um, uh, so I never leave it on, but I always left it on until I knew my dad was in the building on a Sunday morning. And uh, I still kind of have that in my mind on Sunday mornings as we go along. You know, just just uh, making sure dad's, dad's okay and, and he's gotten here. But uh, we really treasured the time we had with him here. And oh, how he loved this church, by the way. Um, and uh, um, I've enjoyed hearing some of you reflect in recent days on your times with him and, and uh, your relationship with him. He, he loved the, the Monday morning men's uh, uh, prayer group that would meet over coffee, uh, over breakfast. Um, he loved to get out with... Uh, uh, quite a few of our folk would come pick him up when he was no longer driving and go to coffee or go to lunch with him. Cindy, that mused the other day, we're going to have to go to Chukarama again one of these days just in honor of Dad because it was one of his favorite places to go to. <laughs> but I honor my dad for the way in which he allowed the joy of the Lord to overwhelm him in the last season of his life when change and even limitations just kind of kept coming his way. And even in those last five and a half months, as he, along with so many others, were isolated from others, he chose joy. We would hear sometimes his frustration, not often, honestly, um, because he, he just was choosing joy. He was choosing to have a good spirit and a good attitude. The, the Lord gave him joy, even in the midst of his frustration and his loneliness. And I think his dad approached the end of his life. He had more and more a sense uh, that this world is not all that there is. And someday, all of these challenges and heartaches are going to be so insignificant in the light of all eternity. And so why let them steal our joy now? He, he knew that when this life was over, he'd go to be with the Lord. And so he could find joy day by day as he kept his eyes fixed on the Lord. He chose joy. That profound decision of faith and hope based in the life and the provisions of Jesus. Christ came to address just such a need in all of our lives. We, we all have a need to choose joy. Uh, the redemptive work of Christ begins with this inner transformation, our passage of Scripture today. Uh, contrast the person dressed for a funeral with the 
bride dressed for her wedding day. I, I guess the clothes kind of mirror the, uh, the, the feelings. The clothes a woman would choose to wear to the funeral of her husband or her fiancé would be dark and, and, and rather staid. The clothes she would wear on her wedding day, oh, she would carefully choose and take great delight in choosing a beautiful white wedding gown. Um, the, the clothes reflected the occasion. Um, in a similar way, God is speaking here of how he, he takes, he changes the whole outlook. The, the sad mourning, the, the sad uh, ashes of death are traded for, for the beauty, for, for the joy of the Lord in our lives. And with the contrasting picture between the mourner and the bride, we understand this radical transformation that was promised for the people of Israel and for us through the life and the work of Jesus, our Savior. The, the new life, the new way of life and the spirit of all is wonderfully described in verse 10 where uh, Isaiah, uh, we, we change kind of the... Uh, perspective of the writing and all of a sudden we hear from Isaiah I delight greatly in the Lord my soul rejoices in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels it's what flows out of this hope and the peace that is found in Jesus and what he brings into our world and into our lives. As a pastor, I, I've always taken delight in performing wedding ceremonies of, uh, of two fully devoted followers of Jesus who are uniting their lives to one another in marriage. Um, those are fun occasions. They really are. Um, and there's a spirit of joy that just kind of envelops such a scene. As a dad, I'll confess, approaching my own kids' weddings, I had this whole bag of mixed emotions, which um, I think every parent understands in some sense. Um, not because we didn't love the people that our children were marrying, but we, we somehow knew that things were never going to be quite the same as they were before. But I, I was truly happy for, for them. I was particularly challenged. I did all three of our kids' weddings, but I was particularly challenged with our daughter's weddings in that I first walked them down the aisle as dad and, uh, and gave them away, and then I performed most of the rest of the, the wedding ceremony. And knowing how prone I am to tears, most people thought I'd be such a basket case I'd never make it through, right? <laughs> yep. And, uh, but I remember so specifically when Kara got married. She was the first of our kids to marry. And uh, she married her childhood sweetheart who'd grown up in the church. I went back to do her wedding to the Bedford Church in Ohio where I'd pastored for 11 years. Um, uh, the man she was marrying was uh, first grader when I became his pastor. And uh, this was now after they'd graduated from college. And he grew up with our girls and fell in love with one of them early in his life. And, and so this was, a, this was such a joyous occasion. And the, the people had come, lots of people had come to celebrate with them. And uh, as, as we were getting ready to walk through the back door, it's down the aisle, there wasn't a center aisle in that church. It was a side aisle we came down. She was so joyous. She was just beaming. 
This was the day she and Josh had waited for for so long. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any trouble getting caught up in her joy. And we just both beamed as we, as we, as we came down the aisle. I will confess when we got to the front and her groom had some tears streaming down his eyes. And he's not one prone to tears. And her twin sister, um, she had tears running down her face. Then we kind of lost it. But we made it through. And honestly, I always felt good about how I did with my kids' weddings. I, I, I never sobbed, and I never had snot on my upper lip, so, I, so it, was, it was success. <laughs> but there was joy in those occasions. Isaiah relates the joy of such human occasions to the joy discovered deep in the heart of people like you and me when we can stand clean before God, forgiven of our sin, adorned with the very presence of God himself, and we can face life with the assurance that God is with us. Hear Isaiah's words at the close of chapter 61. The sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. And the psalmist declared in Psalm 126, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. God promised to bring us joy, and he has. But let's just be honest, our lives don't always seem to be loaded with one happy moment after another, do they? Our world is less than perfect. Our lives are less than perfect. We have to deal with, um, we have lots of stresses to deal with, deadlines to meet, people to deal with. Bills to pay, problems and challenges galore, and the seemingly ever-present unrest and turbulence in the world can shake any sense of confidence we have in things getting any better. And then add to it a pandemic. We speak of such things as hope and peace and joy at Christmas time, but sometimes Christmas isn't quite as perfect as we'd like it to be. There are often heartache and sadness going on in our lives in the midst of a Christmas season. Some of you battle depression. Life isn't generally as glittery and beautifully twinkling as the beautiful twinkling lights or the, the glow of candles. And, and, and certainly not as sappy as portrayed often in the stories and the movies in this season of the year. But then let's just acknowledge that the first Christmas wasn't so perfect either. Mary, a teenager, nine months pregnant, who'd been traveling for several days. Her feet were swollen, her back ached, she was exhausted, she was lonely and afraid. She knew this baby was coming, the donkey smelled bad. She was away from her home and her mother and her doctor and the pains had begun. And Joseph had walked all day and he was tired. He was concerned because he felt so responsible for Mary and he knew this baby was about to come and, and, and there was no place for them. Everyone had come to pay taxes and by the way, paying taxes wasn't any better for them than it is for us. Um, not a bed was available anywhere, just a stable. That was as good as he could do in providing for Mary. And it was there where the Son of God made his entry into our dark and lonely world. And it was just to such people that the angel declared, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. 
And there was joy, not because all of the circumstances of life were suddenly easy, but because Christ had come. And that's just how it can be in our lives. And while the joy of the Christian is sometimes threatened by our circumstances, the joy Christ has placed within us is not destroyed. Christ is with us. And when we walk with him, we can experience what the psalmist described as weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We can choose joy. We can make that profound decision, which is based on faith and trust in Jesus and his provisions. We can choose joy. In Christ, we can have a dependable resource of renewal. The Apostle Paul urged us, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Those words aren't meant to condemn us, I don't believe, when we struggle with the heartaches of life. But I always kind of sense Paul's got his hands, his arm around us when he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Make that choice that we can only find joy in Jesus Friends, there can be joy in your life and joy in my life every day as we look to him. With Christ came good news of great joy. And it's joy that the Lord has for every one of us day by day. May the Lord help us as his children to choose joy. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your presence with us this day. We thank you for your love and care. We're so grateful, Father, that you've sent your Son into this world to be our Savior. Oh, what a difference the Savior has made. Lord, hold us steady when the circumstances of life rock our boat. When we get discouraged, when we get depressed, when, we, when, when we're overwhelmed by things out of our control. Lord, speak hope and peace into our lives, and may the joy that comes from you just flow out of that. Father, I pray for all who are listening to me right now that you would speak peace and hope and joy into their lives. May we see you, may we be aware of your presence despite our circumstances. And Lord, may we keep our eyes on you. And Lord, as we do, may we live with such a joy of the Lord that others will be drawn to the Savior whom we serve. Lord, I, I trust to you the cares and burdens of the people of this congregation. You know all about them. You know what they're dealing with. And I believe, Lord, with all my heart, you have the power to make a difference in every one of our lives. So help us, Lord, to take that bold step day by day to choose joy. That profound decision based on our faith and trust, our hope in you. And Lord, may it be evidenced in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and sing.
so much for worshiping with us today online or in-house and uh, for those who are worshiping in-house I'd remind you of the offering boxes as you leave today and uh, if you would um, uh, let our ushers kind of dismiss more from the back and flow out that way so we're not all bunching out at one time that would be so very very helpful may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you, church.